How are you, son of a guns, doing? Hey, it's episode. Whoa, <laughs> it's well, I don't even know what kind of word that was. It is episode sixty over here on this sweet, sucky little podcast we got going on. I'm gonna say right now, there's a lot of wild things going on with the weather. Have you guys noticed that? There's a lot. There's another big thing that actually came through. There was crazy, crazy, crazy winds that go through the Midwest. I, I'm lucky I don't live up there. I was talking to actually Flair this morning. I didn't even ask him. I should have probably asked him if if he actually experienced any of it. Which I guess you know I, I probably should have asked him. I didn't know. Now, he would have told me. He would have told me that my camels probably got thrown into the sky and lifted somewhere else, but that didn't happen. But I'm going to start this one off. Did you guys know that the, the McDonald's CEO, this guy was fired back in 2019 after having like sexual relations with, with a few employees, I think it was three employees, and uh, he, he actually had a $105 million severance. That's what he got paid for, for being fired. From McDonald's literally had to give him a severance back. Of course, they took it to court and ended up, this dude had to pay back. All $105 million that he was given. They don't know if it's just in stock. Of course, it was given in stock options and or cash. But imagine this. You get fired from McDonald's. Great job for having sexual relations with employees at McDonald's. You then get paid $105 million. Then you have to pay it back. That's one hell of a 2020 for this gentleman. Actually, you know what? Twenty, it's twenty twenty one. I forget, but it took two years to get one hundred five million back. So, if you have a McDonald's stock, way to go! You just got one hundred five million back into your 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 company's funds, which I'm sure none of y'all give any fucks about. <laughs> but I had to bring it up. Imagine that though, dude gets fired from being the CEO of McDonald's for having sexual relations. Seems like a seems like a normal thing that's always happening with these big time guys. I think they get these egos and they just want to have females around them, and then they just make really, really, really terrible mistakes. Then, of course, you have Urban Meyer was fired, coach of Jacksonville Jaguars. He was fired here recently. As we all know he, he's been a little bit of hot water this, this year as well. Other than the fact that Jaguars absolutely suck. They're one of the worst football teams in America. But I wonder if he'll end up, I wonder if that gentleman will end up back down at the college level or if he'll stay at the NFL. You know, he's going to have some type of job. There's plenty of teams that suck. I would probably love to have. I mean, Detroit Lions being one of them. If you're a Detroit, if you're a Detroit Lions fan, I am very sorry. I know what are they like one and eleven or one and twelve right now? Whoa, what a rough year for y'all. I know, I know. The NFL was coming out. I know, I know. We talked about him yesterday. I still love football. I just hate what the league stands for, but I still love football. I love it. I, I'm not gonna lie. I do. As you guys clearly see behind me, if you guys are over on the YouTube channel. All right. There's a lot, of, a lot of talk that's going on about details that paint Trump's coup attempt in horrifying new light. All this stuff about these texts that are coming out, and it just seems like nothing's ever going to come of it. And I feel like I've been talking about that for a month when I do bring it up. Nothing is ever going to come of it. It's just going to be drawn out. Nothing's going to happen. 2022 is going to come around, and then this is going to fizzle out, and nothing, nothing will ever come of it. Just the way it's going to work. But for some reason... CNN is just, that's the only thing they ever want to talk about. I, have, I really don't know. I don't, I don't know why. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna move on to the first one today. We got, we talked about this yesterday. You guys remember talking about, um, I, we talked about it multiple times, actually. All the smash and grabs have been happening in California, Chicago, New York, everything like that. But as of yesterday, well, as of today, I guess, but I think it came out yesterday, the corporate CEOs of some of these companies, this is actually goes on to state this. This is from Sean Pritchard. He's the president of the San Jose Police Officers Association. Many corporate leaders jumped on the woke bandwagon and wrote big checks to organizations that still continue to advocate to defund the police. They did not think of anything beyond not being labeled as a racist. That is very true. When these when everything was going on last year, all these companies were coming out, they were changing their 
their company images. They were giving money to all these organizations. They weren't really doing any research on what those money, what the money was actually being used for. They just did not. They just didn't want to be labeled as a racist. No one wanted to be labeled as a racist because last year you literally could do anything. I could eat an apple incorrectly and be labeled as a racist. That is a factual thing. Fact checkers don't check it. Matter of fact, yesterday I didn't even read this article, but if you guys did not know, Facebook had to admit that the fact checkers were actually opinions. Yeah, over a lawsuit. So all those things you say, fact checkers, actually came out that they said, no, they're actually opinions. They're people's opinions that are checking the facts. So that was a little weird. Anyway, nearly two dozen CEOs signed a letter that went to Congress asking for support as theft crimes rage, including the chief of Target, Nordstrom's, Levi Strauss, Ulta Beauty, uh, Ulta Beauty, excuse me, and Home Depot, the old he- Home Depot. I actually only shop at Lowe's. Uh, if you guys didn't know, Lowe's was founded by actual veterans. I, I for some reason know that. I don't know if it's because of a commercial reminding me of it, but I shop at Lowe's, not Home Depot. This actually makes me want to shop at Lowe's even more. Anyway, many of the companies that supported left-wing groups such as BLM, the Equal Justice Initiative, and the ACLU which advocate to defund or reform policing in the United States. This is what they, all those companies, they were giving their money to, which is kind of ironic that they were giving money to com- or, uh, organizations that were calling to defund the police. And now they're like, hey, Congress, we really need some help. We're struggling. Everything's stealing. Well, if you didn't f- put money towards defunding the police, do you think this would, uh, they're literally, they got to lay in the bed that they made, right? CEO Eric B. He's of Nordstrom. He signed his name to the letter asking for congressional support, but earlier this year, the company doubled down on support for BLM. The company announced different ways it will reaffirm, or excuse me, reaffirm commitment to advance diversity, inclusion, belonging, Black History Month, or during Black History Month. Among them was supporting the important work of nonprofit organizations, including BLM Global Network Foundation, which, of course, is for demanding the defunding of law enforcement. The irony behind all this. Oh, man. BLM wasn't alone on its calls overhaul and changing policing. Other organizations such as Equal Justice Initiative, which is EJI, and National Urban League of Lawyers and Committee of... Oh, my God. That is a... Listen to this name. The National Urban League and Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law. That is that's literally the entire name. Advocate for the reforms such as reimagining public safety and community health, changing divisive policing policies and pushing for bail reform. These organizations also received donations and support from retails, uh, retail stores calling for action, combating smash and grab crimes. So that right there, I was, I was, I was going to, I was going to make a joke, but there's really nothing to joke about. They're actually asking for help from the police officers who then they paid these, these, these organizations who tried to defund and come out again. It's really, uh, what, what, what's, a, what's a good way to what's a good way to put it? You know, I, I, there's not a good way to put it. It's literally what it is. Anyway, Target announced a $10 million commitment to advancing social justice, including donations to the National Urban League. This is goofy. Home Depot also pledged a million dollars to the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law, which was a really long name, while Ulta Beauty announced it would donate to Equal Justice Initiative, which is kind of crazy because if a lot of people don't know a lot of this, I don't, I'm not going to buy anything from Home Depot. I actually didn't know this. I didn't know they gave $10 million to them. Yeah, an, an Ulta spokesperson actually said that the company is proud of its work with EJI and its commitment to end mass incarceration and excessive punishment, among other issues. Now, as the CEO asked for help combating widespread crime in their stores, some in Congress are actually hitting back. Help them directly? Hell no, they said as ashamed of themselves. That's actually Republican from Texas, which is good. They should be ashamed of themselves. When asked about the company's pleading with Congress for assistance, Arizona Re- uh, Representative Paul Gosar, Gosar, 
Anyway, he also said that he will not support congressional efforts to assist retailers that backed BLM during their summer love protests and efforts to defund the police. These woke companies made their bed, now they can sleep in it. This is what happens to the woke. They reap what they sow. What do they expect to happen? Police leaders have also voiced similar sentiments, saying that the corporate leaders rushed to make donations in 2020 out of fear of being labeled as racist and not coping with the fallout of fewer officers and more crime. Good. I actually hope that does happen. I really do. You know, I mean, they all came out pledging and giving tens of millions of dollars to these these organizations that were calling for defund the police. And now that they're realizing, oh, my God, getting rid of the cops is a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to feel the blunt of it, aren't you? It, 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 it kind of sucks. That's that's exactly what's going to happen. And that's exactly what is happening, which is so crazy to me. That they didn't think this was going to happen. When, in fact, we all know they, they want to come out of seeing racist. They were just looking, doing this for for public perception, I guess, to generate sales and revenue. That's another thing people don't really realize. Why do you think Nike got behind Colin Kaepernick? Do you really think that they cared about what he was doing? No, they don't give a fuck about what he was doing. They knew it would generate sales. That's all. It's all a marketing piece. It's goofy. Why do you think? And it's crazy is Colin Kaepernick was calling, uh, what do do you call the NFL is is modern day slave trade? I think is what he said. You know how goofy that is? These people willingly show up to work for the NFL, get paid very, very, very well, very well. That, slaves don't get paid, and they don't show up to work on their own will. You know, it's it's kind of it's really is kind of goofy. That's one of the goofies. And what's even crazier is the gentleman actually makes more money now, not being in the NFL because he actually wasn't a very good quarterback. And I mean, let's be honest, he was he was saying that because he didn't get a job as a quarterback. Well, he's not a very good quarterback. And if he would have won a Super Bowl or would have done actually decently well. There's not a team that would have picked him up. Everybody would have picked him up. Why wouldn't they? He's going to win. He's going to generate some money for the team. Anyway, that's on a different subject. All right. What do you think, Charles? We got to move on, huh? Let's move on. We got polls. Oh, my God. I love numbers. I love them. You guys love numbers? I hope you do because you're about to listen. I like to know what uh, actual people think about stuff like, I don't know, inflation. That's kind of a big deal right now. It's actually it's hurting every single person in America, including myself and my camera guy over there. And you who's watching this or listening to this, whichever it is. Polls find that when it comes to rising prices, twice as many think that the Biden administration's actions are hurting rather than helping. These are real numbers. These aren't me making them up. So YouTube, calm yourself if you're having to watch this video, which I know you are. I always have to say this. Calm yourself. We're not spreading misinformation. Just because Biden is not very good at his job doesn't, it's not my fault. All right. 47% say it's hurting. 22 said it's helping. When it's talking about getting, uh, what, what he's doing, what his actions are, getting it under control. And 28% say no difference. Anyway, by a 25 point, uh, 25% margin, voters actually believe Biden's proposed social spending plan would actually push inflation higher. And by six points, they think it actually would hurt the economy, which is kind of, I think it's actually kind of kind of true. Um, it would, 46% of people, 46% say that the new social spending plan would actually hurt and push inflation higher. Uh, for some reason, 21 said it's actually going to lower inflation. This 28% seems to be the thing for no difference. But anyway, Biden's social planning spend will actually hurt the economy 42%. It's probably about the same numbers. Help the economy 36 One thing the president has going for him is actually low expectations, which I find it kind of funny because it's very true. So if the spending plans start to have an actual positive impact on people's lives, maybe some will actually reconsider the view of Biden. It's actually very true. The, the guy has such a, a low standard, and people don't really expect much from him. So when something good actually happens, like, oh, look, way to go. Way to go. He's done everything else pretty much jacked up. The worst thing still to this day, I think, was Afghanistan. 
I think that actually took everything that he's done. Yes, it's been mediocre, kind of flatline, maybe coming down a little bit, but I think he just started nosediving after that. 4 in 10 say inflation is the biggest issue facing the economy. That's more than double the number who say the deficit of income inequality. Uh, fewer than one say the supply chain issues. I mean, that, that actually says says a lot. One in 10 actually saw supply chain issues and labor shortages and stuff like that is an issue. But biggest issue facing the economy currently is 36% say inflation. And I think that's, that's pretty true. Two-thirds think that Biden's leadership is somewhat reasonable for inflation. About the same number blame regular economic cycles. Hmm. Percentage that's saying very or somewhat responsible for inflation. A lot of people think that it's the same thing. It's government spending, regulations, and coronavirus pandemic. You're looking at 78, 75, and 75, and price gouging. I didn't know this. 66% say Biden's leadership is responsible very much so for inflation, which I do believe that's an issue. I wish we could we can mandate it to the, that every single president that we have, let it be whoever it is, male, female, I don't really give a shit. I wish they would have somewhat of a, of a business background. Because when you put somebody that's been in office for 50 years, that's all they know. I mean, how can you, like, they were change and build back better and all this. It's always just big promotional pieces to actually get votes. Like, we're going to create change. We haven't created change over the last 50 years. So what are you going to do now in office? It's going to be different. I don't know why people couldn't see through that. I think we need to have people that are actually good and business-minded and actually sound at business, have an understanding of business. Because in all actuality, when running the country, it needs to be ran more like a business, I think, than anything. It really does. I know it's not a for-profit business, but if you have a business-minded person running the country, it's going to run much better and have an understanding of like, I don't know, like a PL a PL statement. It'll probably help you with taking a little bit of our debt off the table. I don't know. That's just me. <sighs> I love, I love numbers. Eight and 10 are actually very concerned or extremely concerned about inflation, which is kind of crazy because that's, that's higher than that the amount of people that are worried about crime rates, which is only 77%. 71 are worried about taxes. 69% were talking about the federal deficit, what I was talking about earlier, and 68% are actually worried about the pandemic. Which, if you take the ones that are worried about the pandemic and you put them with the ones that have actually been vaccinated, it's literally almost the same numbers, by the way. So throw that one out there. But that's that's something that's actually kind of, I'm not really worried about the pandemic, but I'm also vaccinated. But I got vaccinated so I can travel overseas. So I guess I'm... I'm a random one. One in six say they're better off financially than they were a year ago. That's pretty bad. That's actually really bad. One in six. That's 17% it's saying right now. What's what the number came back. This one's kind of a big deal. I even think this is a big deal for me because I do have quite a bit of money invested in the stock market just because I don't think that keeping your money inside of the bank is a smart thing. Like just in your savings account, I don't think it's very smart because you don't get any, you don't get anything off of it. May as well throw it in the stock market and risk it, you know, or land. Putting in your savings account gives you like literally no return. It's kind of pointless. Anyway, what I'm saying is one in four are actually optimistic about the economy that will actually get better in 2022. And conditioning the economy apparently over the last year since December 20, we'll just say this, excellent to good in 33% last December and 23% now in December 2021. That's a condition. It's actually, you, the percentage just goes down throughout the year, which is pretty clear and obvious. This one's actually kind of crazy. So President Biden on the economy, this is the approval rating, 48% in April of this year, 38% approved now in December. And 42% disapproved in April, almost 60%, 59% dis- disapproved right now in December. That well, We're talking since April. It's not even an entire year. Imagine we're two or three years deep into this thing. Job performance has gone from 56 to 47 on approval, which is nuts. 
Satisfied has gone from 45 to 35. Dissatisfied has gone from 53 to 65. And the thing is, if we're talking about being Democrat or Republican, 6 in 10 disapprove of both Democrats and Republicans in Congress, not just, not just one party. But right now, uh, Moore would actually back a Republican candidate in the district over a Democrat by four points. Anyway, I just, I just wanted to bring this up. I love numbers. I love talking about numbers. Numbers never really lie. You know, unless you fudge them, I guess. But when you have polls like this that come out, I think we all kind of do what was going on. But it is kind of a good thing just to kind of talk about, I guess, for a second at least. I enjoy it. I enjoy talking about them. Um, we'll move on here just because I don't want to bore you guys any more numbers if you don't enjoy the numbers. But there's some true hard facts for you guys. We can move on to uh, this one. If you guys don't know, the Navy actually got a, a, unveiled a laser. They've been working on this thing for like three years. My buddy talked about it. Actually, I called him this morning. And he said they've been working on it for a little while, which is not super shocking. I mean... I kind of like the idea of them putting this out there because it kind of shows China and Russia that we have some stuff that might be able to harm them, I guess, that maybe they don't have. Anyway, the United States Navy is actually using a highly sophisticated laser, yeah, a laser, that's featured on an amphibious transport dock ship to destroy targets at sea within the Gulf of uh, Aden. The USS Portland conducted weapons demonstration on Tuesday using a solid-state laser, a 150-kilowatt weapon that is capable of shooting down UAV small boats, Rockets, artillery, and motors. That is absolutely insane. It can take down small boats, rockets, artillery, motors, and UAVs. They've been working the region's geography, the climate, and strategic importance of offer a unique environment of technology innovation. This is the courses. This is typed up and written by somebody extremely smart inside the U.S. military to make them sound sexier than what it really is. But the U.S. Fifth Fleet. Areas of operations include the world's largest standing maritime partnership with Arabian Gulf, Red Sea, Gulf of Adan. So that's the USS Fifth Fleet is the one that has it. And they're using this in there. The reason why I bring this up is because there's an Islamic ter- terrorist organization that actual Joe Biden delisted as an official foreign terrorist organization. Like they're not one anymore. He took them off the list. They're called the Hothis. The Hothis. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. But he's actually delisted them. But anyway, they've been—they've actually deployed boat drones in the area that have used—they've have used to destroy ships. And this is kind of interesting because they—they—they're bringing this thing out and they've actually utilized it to take down drones in that area. I didn't know this. This is kind of stuff that no one ever knows is actually going on. But anyway, in 2018, they showed—they showed off footage they described as coming from a drone boat computer that had Iranians building components for the boat's guidance systems with a hat visible in the background of one picture bearing the symbol of Iran's hardline paramilitary revolutionary guard. Iran has denied, of course, arming that terrorist organization we talked about earlier, Hothis, through the United Nations experts, independence analysis, and Western nations point to the evidence showing Tehran's link to the weapons. So once again, this is, this is like countering Iran, saying that they're actually not. It's kind of like uh, them funding Hezbollah and all those other. The, we know that they're doing it. They're never going to publicly come out. It's like a proxy war all over again. They're just funding terrorist organizations throughout the throughout the world, I guess you would say, mainly just in that region to do things. But that's what the Fifth Fleet is actually there. And they, they posted a photo, which is kind of cool, of the boat shooting the laser out. And it it's clearly shot at night, I would assume. The only reason I say that is because everything is red. The entire world is pretty much red in that area, but you just see a laser beam coming out and hitting something in the water. That is nuts. That, to me, is wild. We're now using lasers at war, but yeah, that's cool. Why not? I mean, if you guys are on YouTube, you guys are just, you guys don't see the picture I'm talking about. Like the entire sky is red and you just see a laser flying. So the last but not least one we're going to talk about is, is CDC stuff. I don't know how they got this. I guess they're just kind of, this is one of those kind of things where I don't know if it's a scare tactic, fear mongering, get people to get vaccinated. I, I really don't know. 
maybe it's a big thing we need to worry about. But I thought I'd bring it up again for you guys. I'm going to tell you guys the exact numbers. This is apparently this is a, a, a podcast about numbers. I usually, if you guys are new to the podcast, I generally don't do podcasts just about this. It's kind of a shorter one, but I don't, I don't really know. Anyway, COVID-19 deaths will soar by 73%, by the way, by January 8th. 73%. And cases will leap to 1.3 million a week by Christmas Day. That's coming from the CDC directly. Um, they're going to say that 15,608 people are going to die a week by January 8th. Can, can we... I want, I want to revert back to this episode. I want to revert... By the way, Charles, episode 60, we need to revert back to. So I want to know. These numbers the CDC is putting... I want to know if they're actually... If this is real. What is the CDC... What are we doing a week right now? New projections released on Wednesday show that there will be some 15,600 new COVID deaths a week as of January 8th. More than 2,200 deaths per day. That's a 58% jump from 8,900 deaths currently being reported each week. There we go. 8,900 a week right now. We're going to be jumping to 15,600 by January 8th, which equals to 1,300 deaths a day. So basically they're saying we're going to go from 1,300 to 2,200 by Christmas. Prediction that many as 1.3 million Americans will be diagnosed with COVID-19 by the weekends of Christmas Day, representing a 55% jump from 840,000 cases diagnosed last week. The CDC also said the hospitals will soar more than 100, or excuse me, 18,000 by the end of the first week in January. And the reason why I want to bring this one up it's because they're coming out with these kind of numbers. I want to come back and actually look. The CDC said that eight of the 10 people who have caught the, the new variant Omicron were fully vaccinated. Eight of 10. Based on an examination of diagnosed from December 1st to the 8th, there were 43 cases attributed to Omicron. 34 were among people who have been fully vaccinated. That's more than one third of the 34 who also received a third booster. Just one of those were actually suffering uh, from the actual variant was, was, was briefly hospitalized. So that's my next question. So if all those people actually got it, which we've been saying this last three podcasts, I feel like, if all those people actually got it, how many of those people are going to be hospitalized? Dude, eight of 10. Eight out of 10 people that actually got this thing have already been fully vaccinated. Last Wednesday, Pfizer actually said that their initial results from the studies examining how well their vaccine protects against new coronavirus variant found that the booster shot on top of two-dose vaccine regimen neutralizes Omicron in lab studies. Okay. So with that being said, if it neutralizes it completely, and we're talking about cases completely going up, and one-third of the people that got it were fully vaccinated and they had their booster shots, when you put it like that, so what you're telling me is you've been vaccinated, then you have no chance of really dying from the thing. You literally just get sick, correct? So what we're talking about, just sore muscles and being sick? And if that's the case, then why is, why is anybody ever worried about getting sick in the first place? Charles, you're not helping. No one's helping me out with this one. This one is this one this one's baffling here because if the numbers are going to be soaring 73% but no one's actually dying from it then why does it matter if the numbers are soaring cuz everybody gets sick during this time of the year anyway. Oh my god, my mind's going to explode. Anyway, we're going to we're going to come back to this. January 8th, I want you to write this down. If I get if I get COVID, I've been vaccinated. And I've already had COVID once. So am I double vaccinated? No one knows. Spreading of misinformation it's confused me completely. I'm super confused. What should I do with my life? Do I go get another jab? Do I need to go get another one? Is that what you're telling me? One in, one in doubt, get another one. All right, I love you guys. I'm going to hop off here. i got a lot to do today. I know it's a short podcast, but that's pretty much what we got that's not uh, full of just bullcrap. I love you guys. I'm out of here. I will see you guys tomorrow.